How are we doing, church? Oh, good. Sweet. Okay, I didn't have to ask again. That's great. Well, it's great seeing you guys here this morning. Uh, pleasure, obviously, being able to stand up here and share the word today. As Pastor Chris was sharing, we can't be overjoyed to tell you how much excitement there is around what God's doing here. And, you know, he's leading us in different ways, especially with our children and doing, you know, things together as a body. These are things that are important for us, and we just hope that you guys uh, join in with us. And I want to start out this, <laughs> sorry, I can't stop laughing because this is hilarious to me. It might not be hilarious to you, but it is to me. Over time, I've realized that there's a lot of things that come very easy to me. So there's, I, I, there's like a hundred things on that list. There's so many things that come easy to me, starting with, and these are things again that are just personal, be starting with my love for food. So there's nothing easier for me there's nothing easier for me in this world for me to drive up to get some fast food, to go and indulge in a restaurant that I love. I'm a big lasagna eater, pasta carbs. Come on, somebody, get pumped. This is my jam. I, and honestly, if you would ask me today, you know, write down your five top careers, number two or number three would probably be just like a travel eater. That's what I call them. These guys that like try the biggest burgers in the world, you know, that try the biggest pieces of pizza. This is me. This is me. And I want to transition to the next one because alongside with food, I also enjoy my couch. And when I'm on my couch, I'm typically watching some Netflix, some documentaries, you know, different things. I'm interested about a lot of different things. So I really enjoy and it's easy for me Listen, no one can break my record of me walking into the door and getting my work clothes changed into my jammies. I'll race you. No one does it quicker. I run in the door, get my jammies on, get on the couch. It's like clockwork. I mean, it's so easy for me. These are things that I love and enjoy to do. Another thing that comes easy to me and that I love, you guys have heard this because I talk about this a lot, it's the game of baseball. I, if it's not my, my phone buzzing about, you know, something, there's a stat or some bit of news. You can't see a picture of me because I'm somewhere in there as I like to believe. No, that's not true. So I won't lie up here. That's the University of South Carolina. They got a game there, but it's a beautiful picture. I could watch this picture all day and be content because it's easy for me just loving the game, reading about the game, learning about the game. These are things that I'm passionate about and that I love. And lastly, I wish that this, I can make this true, but in order for me to do that, I'd have to win the lotto and I'm, a, I'm not gonna gamble. So especially not talking about it from the pulpit, that'd be terrible. But I would love for one day to take you guys to the Dominican. I mean, look at that place. Isn't that amazing? Who in here loves vacations? Come on now, we're starting school. Come on, uh, yes. You see, I can probably just head out the door now. This is something that comes easy. There's nothing easier for me to check into a place that I know where I need to be to eat, that I know where the pool is, my comfort. These are things that are so easy to me. Thank you, Kim, for these wonderful photos of me enjoying myself and my element, right? But there are a lot of things also that don't come easy. I mean, I'll, I'm not going to put them up there because it'd be like sad faces. I didn't want that to, to kind of ruin the, the vibe that I just had. But there are things that are difficult for me too in this life and things that are very personal actually that I'm open to sharing. I, I bite my nails a ton and I've tried to like stop, but I don't. I'm a processor, so I'm always thinking about something or doing something or working through something. So if you look at my nails, please don't look at them too much. They're, it's gross. So I tried, you know, to not do that. I also try to, you know, to take care of myself a little bit more. And I'm terrible at that. It's hard for me to just like 
be a little bit more healthy, be conscious about the things that I'm doing, drink the amount of, I don't know, what is it, you know, your weight divided by four, water, whatever, I don't even really care because it's hard for me to do those things. It's not as easy, right? So again, doing week-to-week bills and things at the house, like these are things that come natural. They're not. These are things that are tasks, that they come harder, that they are harder for me to do. And as I was pondering just on this, you know, these things that are harder that sometimes take effort, I just thought about when I first, you know, was mature enough to understand my part in the church. When I was mature enough to understand, like, what my role was, what I was doing, you know, the intentionality of me just being here and being a part of church and just, again, being here in general, I started thinking through those things. And I realized very quickly that there were some things that were easy when I, you know, went to church that I actually enjoyed. I love music. So it was easy for me to just kind of, you know, be a part of worship and just like listen and worship and sing, you know, like I, I just love those things. So, you know, I think about that. I think about just even being here in general and coming into the doors and there being coffee and there being, you know, so many things. I just, it was so easy for me to come into church. And this was, again, my perspective. But then I thought of thinking about over the years, and this is why it was so important for us to do the series that we were just doing. Because some of these things, I just kind of want to reason with you, we know that they're not easy. We know that they're not natural tendencies that we have, starting with investing and inviting in people. We understand that that's not easy. I mean, I remember when I was in college, we were in a downtown area, and our professors would challenge us to go and talk to people, to go and share the word. And there was a young man that, uh, there was a park kind of nearby that he ran kind of like a soccer program, and he wasn't a Christian. So I'd go, like, and I'd always try. And, and we had, this was college. It was cool stuff, worship nights, a lot of fun stuff for us to do. And he said no after time, no, no. I mean, it's hard getting rejected when you're trying to be open about what you believe in. Am I right? It's hard to kind of hear the no's. The judgment behind it, right, too. Nowadays, if you tell someone and you're trying to be open with someone that you are a believer and that you live a different lifestyle, you know, right automatically, they kind of, they look at you in a different way. They treat you in a different way. Again, this investing and inviting is difficult. Another thing that's, that's difficult is also growing and finding ways to be able to grow. But this takes, it takes some work. It's not something that comes natural. I'm not telling you that one day you're going to wake up and all of a sudden you're going to be able to, you know, just grow a natural. No, no, no. This is going to take some work. It's going to take effort. It's going to take some time. I, I personally don't love to read. I've already kind of sometimes expressed that from up here. Praise the Lord for Audible. Praise the Lord for some of those that like just will read your books. Come on, somebody. Technology is amazing. I, it's, it's hard for me sometimes to sit down and read through, you know, books or, you know, chapters of the Bible. It's just difficult for me. It's not easy. It's not something that comes natural. Another thing as well, serving in general and being consistent with that. You know, I, I can't tell you, I'm not one that gets sick or ill often, but I am someone that can easily get emotionally and mentally drained. So like to be consistently putting myself in a position to serve, you know, sometimes I need to figure out how to recharge and how to kind of recalibrate. It doesn't come natural. I have to be intentional about preparing myself to come here to serve. And these are things that, again, I've had to grow through. I'm trying to reason with you guys today. It isn't easy. It's not natural. It's not something that your natural tendencies will gravitate you. And then lastly, again, just having a generous heart and beyond the resources that you guys provide, I'm talking about going and seeing someone that has a need, going and praying with someone. This is generosity of time. Be going and, and, and putting yourself in a position that sometimes makes you uncomfortable because you're trying to serve and be Jesus. These are, again, 
these are difficult things for us to try and do. And there's so many needs out there. So obviously, you know, you guys have needs and plans and goals and aspirations. So, you, you know, you think about finances and things. These are all things that I know because personally, I had gone through them as well, thinking through how to be generous and how to be. These are things that are, again, take effort, they take time, and they're difficult to do. But at the same time, I know that we are capable. And that's going to be my hope for today as I just walk through uh, some things that you guys realize that we're capable because how many of us know the Apostle Paul, right? I mean, we, we talk about him often around here. We, we really dig deep into this, these letters that he wrote uh, to churches. He was a person like you and I. And you know what? Based on what he even wrote, he would agree that some of these things are difficult. And he explains it way better than I could ever explain it. So I want us to, to jump into to Romans 7, uh, and starting in verse 15, I want you to see kind of what he's saying because he's describing something that is really eye-opening and it's been really eye-opening for me as well. So verse 15, he says, for what I am doing, and just to even give you some context, which I should have uh, prior, he's, he's realizing and he's kind of reasoning with the Roman church about the difficulty of being able to strive in areas of serving and being like Christ in a time where they were being persecuted and a time that it was difficult to be open about your beliefs. He had an understanding that there was a battle within for time, for attention, uh, for effort. These things for love, for passion, for Christ, there was a definite conflict there. And he's trying to express in words how that works for him, how he feels through these things. And it's hilarious because it's, you can see how conflicted he is and how difficult it is for him to interpret. Verse 15, for what I'm doing, oh, sorry, go back to verse 15. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I am doing the thing I hate. He's trying to wrap his mind around, okay, I have two options here. I have an option to do what's difficult the things that might not come natural to me, the, uh, the way of, again, being bold and serving Christ in a time where everyone that's doing what I'm doing is being persecuted. But I have a hard time with that. I end up doing what I hate to do, which is maybe for him was hiding, maybe, or for him it was, you know, being open with everyone that he saw, being cautious when maybe he had an inclining to speak to someone about what God had done in his life. This is kind of what I'm picturing him assuming. Verse 16, it says this, but if I do the very thing I do not want to do, I agree with the law, confessing that the law is good. Verse 17, so, no, so now no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. And this is huge. And I have been open about this here at the pulpit. I can just, sometimes I have to keep myself in check if I'm you know, repeating things that I've already said. This is a real conflict, friends, that we deal with today. There's something within us that we were born into, and that's just being sinner. Praise Jesus Christ that he, he decided to give his life for us and give us uh, salvation, but then give us a place for us to be. I, I thank him for grace. I thank him for love. I thank him for forgiveness in every way. But we are contending with this now, something within us that makes doing what's good, what Paul's saying is lawful, doing it and it'd be easy for us. And this is sin within us. This is the flesh that's within us. Verse 18, for I know that nothing good dwells in me 
That is in my flesh, what we just talked about. For the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. Don't you guys feel like that sometimes? I feel like this all the time. I wish I could do something good. I want to do something good. Uh, there's an opportunity for me to hear something good. And so many times, I don't. This is my conflict within me, a conflict that I'm battling with, a conflict that I'm struggling with. This is Paul's reality too. Isn't that encouraging, guys? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. This, as much as this is conflicting and like it kind of get my wheels kind of turning in my mind, it's also encouraging that Paul a man that is known and we know and we know his name and we continue to read his letters, he is also feeling this conflict within him. Verse 19, it says, For the good that I want, I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I do not want to. Verse 20, But if I am doing the very thing I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it, but sin which dwells within me. A consistent conflict within us. We want to do good, we try and do good, right? We want to do our best. We want to serve. We want to invite. But there's, it's so hard because there's a conflict within us. So my encouragement to you as, you know, we're talking about these four things and as we're moving, you know, forward into the year and we've identified our mission and some things that we feel that you guys should and should do is recognizing that there is that conflict within us and understanding and having the mindset that, okay, Coming to a group is not going to be easy. You know, investing, inviting someone, eh, that's not going to be easy. These things aren't going to come natural. I mean, I'm a chit-chatter, so some of that stuff does come natural to me. You know, so I can chat anybody up. I mean, that's just the way that I am. But these are things that are going to take effort. And oftentimes, I have felt that I can't do them. Am I the only one that feels that we are not capable, that feels like we don't have the ability to do so? But what I love about Paul is through his walk, he was able to kind of grow and learn of some things. And there's a verse that's very much popular that I, I'm going to read to you guys, but I know that you guys know this. And this is, this is what he says as he's reflecting through this. And specifically, he's writing this, you know, letter to the church of Philippi, just some context. You know, he's trying to encourage them that times are tough and things are getting difficult and there's so much going on around you. But you know what? Philippians 4.13 some of you guys can quote it. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. This is the attitude that we should strive for. It's not that we know that we can because we just can. It's a recognition that uh, I'm lacking. There are certain things that come difficult for me, but these are things that are natural for me, unfortunately. But you know what? Christ in me, he's going to get me there. He's going to give me the strength. He is going to give me the push that I need to move forward. Man, I can't tell you how encouraging that is for me. Paul recognized daily that in order for him to push through these things, he had to draw from the source, the source that we were promised. When Jesus ascended, he said, you know what? You're not going to be alone because my spirit will be there to guide you, to walk you, and to give you the strength that you need. It's a confidence. It's a trust. It's a belief. And also provides even humility, right? I just am so humbled when I have a conversation with someone or I'm able to kind of share something with someone and then, you know, God uses that. That's, that's a humbling thing because it's not us. It's not the nature of us. It's not natural for us. It's God using us as his tools. So Paul's ability to be able to accomplish this and Paul's ability to be able to strive and do this, it has a word. And it's a word that you guys all know and it's a common theme within the word, but I'm gonna use it today to hopefully be able to get us in that mindset it's called perseverance. This is a familiar word. Am I right? It's a familiar word. It's a theme 
and, and all over scripture. I mean, it's all over scripture, but indulge me. I love the definitions and I love some information that came out of it. So I'm gonna read a few things. Here's my, probably one of my favorite uh, definitions. It's by Webster. And he says, perseverance is continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failure, or opposition, right? So it's pushing through, pulling through, getting it done, moving forward, no matter what's trying to come in front of you, no matter what's trying to barricade you, no matter what's in the way, you're still moving forward. It doesn't matter what's, what's there. It doesn't matter what hurdle you have to come over. You do it. It doesn't matter what, again, the difficulties, failure, or opposition. It doesn't matter failure. Again, failure is huge for us. I, I don't know about you guys, but I've failed in some different things, and I'm like, no way am I doing that again, or no way am I kind of going that route. But you know what? Sometimes the perseverance is needed in order to be able to grow in a specific way, to be able to learn the lessons that God has for us as well. So this word perseverance, it comes from... It comes from a Greek word that's called hypomone. It's, in the, it's hypomone. And, and the Greek root word, it says this definition that I want to share because I thought it was pretty far, powerful as well. It's the idea of energetic resistance, steadfastness under pressure, and endurance in the face of trials. I love that. I love that. Steadfastness under pressure. It doesn't matter what's happening around you. It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter the noise. It's kind of what I call it, especially when I you know, coach these young men, baseball specifically. Guys, don't worry about the noise. Don't worry about what's happening around you. Focus on what you need to do. That's what it's referring to there. Endurance in the face of trials. Trials, they, they wind you down. They get you tired. They get you depressed. They get you anxious. Am I right? It's endurance through it. It's a preparedness that you've experienced through these trials that allows you, again, to have that perseverance and push through. Uh, an English writer from the 1700s, his name is Samuel Johnson. I love this one, this quote. It says, great works are performed not by strength, but by perseverance. Strength is for a moment. Strength is just for an instance, but perseverance, ability to be able to run no matter what's going on, that's, that's perseverance. Doing great works, again, not just strength, but it's just perseverance. I love that one. And you know what, Pastor Chris, the other day, this was hilarious. He was, I don't know if you guys remember, maybe you guys weren't here, but he wrote a couple poems. You guys remember that? You guys hear it in the podcast? He was like writing poems and like, I was like, okay, well, he's like my Yoda, if you guys don't know. So I'm tra being trained and processed. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a take on this as well. So this is what I came up with for perseverance for myself. And I'm very excited to share this. <laughs> uh, the unwavering, unforgiving, and undeniable force behind never giving up. You know, there's so many things that we experience, right? Especially as believers that sometimes want us to just give up, you know, to not commit, to not stay the course, whether that's a ministry, whether that's a call, whether that's something that he's given for us, and we know in our hearts that that's what he's called to do. Well, sometimes we need a force that is not going to matter what's in front of. You're just going to push through it. You're going to push through it, and that's, that's perseverance. Super intense, I know, and honestly, I grasp from the word, and I encourage you guys to do so because there's so much encouragement through it, especially on this verse of perseverance. There are at least 20 verses that I had. I'm just going to share a couple, but it starts with the brother of Jesus, James. I love James, and I've expressed that because he is just so practical, and I, again, the, the, the thought of perseverance for him is just huge, and he says this in chapter 1 and verse 12, blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, once he's passed the trial, once he's jumped that hurdle, 
He will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Wonderful, encouraging. He's saying, friends, it doesn't matter what's going on. Just continue to push forward. Continue to finish the race. Because at the end, there's that crown of life that is what we have that we've been given. Again, going back to Paul, you know, he's talking to, in this case, the, the church in Galatia and asking them to love one another and to, and, to, and to be consistent in it and to push forward in that. And then in Galatians 6, verse 9, he says, let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time, we will reap if we do not grow weary. I love this. Is this speaking to anyone today? I hope it is. Because even though I'm kind of calm right now inside, I'm just jumping because we, we struggle. There's so many things for us to struggle with in this, in this short amount of time that we live in. And it's easy, right? It's easy for me to just sit back, watch my Netflix, go and divulge in everything as opposed to challenge myself and continue to do good, even though it's out of my normal na- nature. That's not, it's not part of my nature. It's not part of even Paul's nature. But we got to strive to do so. Don't grow, don't grow weary. Don't lose heart. As much as these verses, and I could have shared just verses, I'm very much a, a visual person. And I just, I get so encouraged by stories of men and women that we have in the world, which is phenomenal. But I get, I just get a boost when I hear about people's stories and how sometimes their future was laid out for them or their, whatever they were supposed to do seemed that it was going to go in a direction. But God got, God got in and their life was radically transformed and they were used in an amazing way. I'm going to start with Moses. How many people know Moses? Come on now. I relate Moses to Moses quite a bit. And it's because, and I've you know, been open about this too, I've, I've for a long time have felt kind of like feelings of being maybe not unworthy, but not ready for the task, not able, not capable for the task at hand. Moses, more than anyone, I just was doing some research, he, he was the same. The man was a criminal. He murdered someone. When I was doing some research just in, uh, you know, ancient Egyptian law, anyone that committed a murder was supposed to be a goner. This, this man, he should have not had the opportunity to do what he did. He was also then, you know, he was afraid of the task. Am I the only one that gets afraid? Moses, you know, was afraid. I, he's stumbling in his words. He's in front of this bush, the presence of God, having an encounter. He's like, how can I do this? I can't do this. Don't, don't you know? Like, I, this is not for me. I actually, you know, the next one, I have some personal things that I'm working through. I have a speech impediment. I have, you know, I can't really talk to people. I can't, you know, put myself in a position to minister or do these things. This is him telling God. These are things that we deal with today and that we contend with and these men and women of God as well. But you know what? He decided, he made a decision. You know, I'm gonna persevere through this. I'm gonna believe at this moment in time that I can do a work for God. And he pushed through. He pushed through to the extent to know what he did. I mean, to, that, that story is just such an amazing story. An average person like myself, like he would say, would, wouldn't have been able to accomplish that. But guess what? He decided to persevere, and through his perseverance, God used him in an amazing way. The next guy, person that I think about is Joseph, and he just is, this is kind of like a, just a big time story for me. There's so many small snippets of his story that I would encourage you just to read. But this young man, could you imagine this? You are with your father, and you have your family, and you're just living a normal life, and life is great. 
And in fact, you're loved by your father and you just, you know, you have your older brothers and you just kind of help out there and, and jealousy comes in and his brothers, they, they make a plot uh, on him and then they end up just throwing him in, a, in this huge pit and trying to, and then, then he disappears. Like that's going from being loved and going to change to that circumstance. Could you imagine what that would do to how you operate in this time, changing a circumstance that drastic? Would you have faith? Would you believe? Would you push? There's no way that you put yourself in a position to like want to persevere through that. Then afterwards, you know, he, again, a person that had an amazing position in his family to then be a, a slave. God obviously had a plan, but then he put him in front of an Egyptian, you know, officer, right? But he's a slave still. Someone that had never been treated that way. Someone that was never... I just continue to think about what would I do in that situation? It would definitely not be for us to persevere. That's, that's, he gets thrown into jail. And I, I just, I love that part of the story. I wasn't going to share any of it, but it just shows perseverance. He's serving in this house of this Egyptian officer. And the wife of this man, while he's gone, tries to, you know, take him in a moment of seduction. And this verse is just, that's why I love it. Pastor Chris, we try and say this often. If you guys don't read the word, I would, because there's so many things that you can retain that help you in this walk. It's Genesis 39.9. He's telling the lady, I, I can oversee, I oversee everything here. My master's made me an overseer of all of these things. And you're asking me to touch the thing that he said not to? And then he says, how then could I do this great evil and sin against my God? He had such a conviction that drove his perseverance, that drove him to say no. Well, then, obviously, then she plotted against him. He was thrown into jail. I haven't gone through any of these things, I don't think. And to be consistent and then to allow yourself to just keep pushing forward and keep allowing God to use you. For those that don't know the story at the end, well, then he has amazing favor as God shows him a vision and then he's able to have a conversation with the king, reveal to the king what his dream was, and then he becomes second in command of everything. Amazing. But that's perseverance. If he would have given up in any of these places, then that was the end of his story. That would be the end of his story. I'm going to end it with Paul as well because we've been talking about him. And I love, I love this portion of scripture as well. He's uh, The church of Corinthians, they were troublemakers. The, the church in Corinth, they were. He's, he had to write two letters. You know, he just wrote one. They didn't get it. He's like, all right, here I go again because these people don't get it. He wrote to them, and at one point, they were questioning his, almost his position. They were questioning who he was, like his, his work, his ministry, in a way. And I love it because then he challenges them with what he went through. And if there's a, a visual of perseverance, is this and what he tells them. Listen, I've been whipped. I've been beaten. Five times he was whipped, 39 times. I mean, I... I was a pretty troublesome boy when I was little, so I know that I got some weapons, but it was never this bad. I can guarantee you that, right? Then the next one, then he says, three times I was beaten by rods. These rods are big wooden sticks that they would just, you know, if you're caught in, I'm assuming him, right? Preaching the word in the open and just things that weren't uh, legal for him to do in a per se, and then he's just getting, getting whipped. The next one, stoned by someone. Could you imagine? I mean, I got hit by a rock once, you know, you know, island life, you're just throwing rocks and stuff. It's like, but being stoned, I mean, 
he's just, and he's boasting. He's like, oh, you guys, you know, this is what I went through for my ministry, perseverance. And then lastly, I mean, so many things he was, <laughs> this is, I know, I feel bad for Paul, but it's kind of funny. How do you get shipwrecked, shipwrecked three times? It's insane. It's insane what happened to this man. But also what's powerful is how he spoke about his ministry and what he had in his mind, which was to finish the race, to finish the race, to accomplish what God had for him, to accomplish what God was calling him to do. As I've been meditating on this, there's, I'll be honest with you, this for me even was just a little bit over my head. I was just kind of trying to understand, well, what does this mean for me? And the question that, came, that continued to come in my mind and still comes to my mind today is why? How? How were they so, where did this perseverance come from? Why were they so consistent, persistent? Why, why were they doing this? Why didn't they just give up, call it, you know, take a different route, say it was too hard? I mean, after getting beaten, I can imagine just, you know, personally, I'm just being, I, I couldn't imagine wanting to continue to do something that I would get beaten with. I, I, I don't see that. Why? I wish I had a list of all these people that have these amazing stories of perseverance. Ruth, David, these people that just pushed through. This is why they did it. And I hope this speaks to you today because it's the truth about us as well. They were chosen. I'm not talking about a chosen where you apply for a job and you get the job. I'm not talking about a chosen where you try out for a team and you make the team. It's a little bit more than that. These men had, and women all throughout the Bible had no business being in the place that they were, doing the things that they were doing. They had no business doing that. In my 31 years of life, I've never had a moment where I felt that someone took a hold of me and said, listen, you can do this because you are more than you think you are. You are an amazing being and I've never had that happen. But for these men and women, as well as for us, I want to tell you that God has chosen you. He's chosen you. No matter what family has said, no matter what past, no matter what you've done, no matter what, I could care less about that. I know that each of you are chosen. Apostle Peter, he was a man that loved Jesus and walked his whole life with him. And in a hard time, even he unfortunately fell, denied Jesus three times. But he knew in his journey as he continued to persevere, he jumped that hurdle and continued to move forward. And he wrote this, and this is kind of, this is what I want us to be in our minds as we proceed into the fall. And as we think about, Lord, I'm just here. I'm here to serve you. I'm here to invest in people. I'm here to be generous and with what I have, whether that's my time, whether that's my efforts. I'm here to grow so that I know what it is that you have for me and for my family. I want a relationship with you. I want you guys to think of this. First Peter, uh, Peter, he's writing this letter and he's recognizing that, you know, he's in his ministry. This is kind of between 60 and 70 AD. He's seeing churches grow, but then also at the same time, he's seeing people run because there's so many things happening, persecutions, people being killed for the gospel. He is, so he's seeing people scatter and run. 
So he feels led to write this. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Verse 10, for you, were, for you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had no had no received mercy, have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is my driving force. Um, knowing who I was supposed to be, knowing what people said I, I was supposed to be, knowing what family said that my outcome was supposed to be, knowing letting that stir within me. But then learning that God chose me. Not anyone else that had a say or anyone else that thought that they knew. No, no, no. He had his intentions and his plans from when I was in my mother's womb. And he chose me. These men and women in the scriptures that we read, man, they had no business, being and doing the things that they should have done. But you know why they were persistent, why they persevered? Because they were more than a stutterer, more than a criminal, more than just the youngest of the brothers that would never have a high position, more than just a Christian killer, Paul. They were more than that. And they were chosen and given position. And just that is the driving force and should be our driving force to accomplishing what God has. So my prayer today, my prayer today is that we have a mindset change. All these things, some of the things that we ask, yeah, they don't come natural. It's so much easier to say in your PJs and your slippers on Wednesday or Thursday or, it is, it is. I agree with that. But as a chosen person that has perseverance, that understands that God intentionally has placed them in the body, the drive is different. The unrelentlessness is different. The push is different. And that's what I want to pray for us today, that we recognize that each one of us here, every heart, every mind, every heart in here was chosen for him. Let's pray so that he stirs that within us. Heavenly Father, thankful for this day and thankful for your goodness and your mercies as we wake up and just so thankful for the care and the love that you have for us. These are things that come by grace. We don't deserve grace. We don't deserve mercy, but you give it freely. And Lord, oftentimes we live this life and we walk according to what we know and the things that we do. And I've been guilty of it, of just doing what's easy. But God, I just want to ask for a transformation of my own heart and my mind. And the same for my brothers and sisters here. That we recognize that we're chosen. Chosen for his purpose, chosen for his work, chosen where we work, cho chosen within our family. Lord, to, to seek and save your mission, to seek and save what's lost. Lord, to serve, to love. I just pray, Lord, that you would give us the courage and that you would give us the transformation in our hearts and in our minds so that we can take steps towards that, so that we can act 
Lord, do everything that we do, knowing that we are chosen and with perseverance. That even when the seasons come, the difficult seasons that will make us waver, that will make us go back and forth, that will make us go side to side, we all go through them more, that we would be persistent and that we would persevere, knowing in our hearts, Lord, that you've chosen us to even overcome those things because it's through you that we're strengthened. Our strength comes from you. So, Lord, I ask that you would, again, use us. Use us. We're willing and wanting to do your work in this area. We thank you and we love you, Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great Sunday, everyone.